Well, 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 here we are again for another episode of Pain. I'd say nice to see you, but uh, Nobara can't see anything. I hate it here. And yet, I am still joined by my friends. And here we are again when nobody had to know. Back before we lost Nobara. That was a Taylor Swift reference, by the way. If you couldn't tell from the Swifty of the show, it's me, your boy, and I'm back. You know, it's not quite zero. I would cry during this episode, but it's not more. It's not, like, much more than zero, so. Also just like Nobara. <laughs> Brings a hole to my eye. Oh, my God. That is foul. Oh, no. Oh, okay. All right. Let's just start. Let's just get into it once again. All I know is pain. I can never have what I want. Um, we saw what happened briefly to Nobara at the end of last week's episode. This week, of course, does what it needs to to drive the blade deeper. So we open up and we're greeted with a flashback scene, uh, despite where the episode had ended last week. In this flashback scene, we see Yuji, Nobara, and Megumi goofing around after they accidentally spill coffee on a very expensive shirt belonging to Gojo. What did you think of this flashback scene and how it was placed here at the beginning of the episode? I mean, this is a common anime thing to like throw those those flashbacks and then be like, <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> um, no, it was really cute, though. I was laughing and giggling at their little antics and also at the price tag of the shirt and just how much they were like, uh, and then Gojo's like, what you do in there? Megumi's got it hidden in his shirt. It was so cute and so funny. And I was like, why am I laughing? Because they're so cute. But all I know is pain. So Yeah, I think this was definitely a tough scene to watch because it gives you that like further exposition of like these people like got really close and it's so hard to see them separate now, especially knowing that it wasn't just like these antics that they went through, but everything that they went through in season one was a part of kind of their bond forging and it's always like these moments I, I think this kind of parallels and I think we'll talk about parallels from this anime but Naruto does a lot of like flashbacks before a big moment and so I think that this is one of those moments where they're gonna like flashback flashback slap it back on yeah I think I think it's funny though too it's it's I don't know I think that we're seeing the flashbacks also from, like, Yuji's POV, even though, like, technically it's the audience POV. We're not seeing it from any one character's eyes, but this is the character that's just been confronted with uh, what has just happened to Nobara immediately. And so it's interesting to me that, like, instead of something that's a little bit more melancholy, like what we had seen from Nobara's friend in the last episode, where they're remembering, like, how Nobara was kind of like the hometown hero and like her savior from like the other bullies that were in the town like this is more like yuji's memory of her and like the thing that comes to his mind immediately is them being like a group of village idiots <laughs> in front of gojo and just like like so it's interesting to me that that's what's contrasted with what comes immediately to follow it's it's pretty rough we don't get any time to rest at all here because we cut immediately to a pov shot of yuji from Nobara's empty eye socket. They did not need to do that to us. That was not in the manga. I don't know. Yeah, I think 
as Emily says, sometimes they embellish on things in the manga. Uh, this was not embellishment. I think this was just torture. We already understood that she died. And it's like every anime does this because it's a weekly running show. So you got to be like, okay, like what happened last week? And like, as I'm watching Black Clover, I have to skip like the first like four minutes of the show because it's like, I already know what happened. I'm binging the show. But like, they didn't need to do that to us. Like, of course, they're going to give you a different POV each time you start a new episode and as it recaps what's before it. But like, this was over the top. And I bet you they like called up Gege and were like, hey, we have this idea. What do you think? And sh- and we're assuming Gege is a she. That's just the this assumption of the show. But um, Gege is a she. And like, she was like, on point, sis. Go for it. Gege would totally be like, yeah. Throw some more salt in the wound. I I need I I should have gone meaner. <laughs> Nobody hates Jujutsu Kaisen characters more than Gege Akutami. Oh, I was not prepared for it. First of all, like the going straight from the flashback to the close up of her entire face from uh, Yuji's point of view was just like I well that like that took me aback. And then yeah, like the the empty eye socket POV. Why? Why would you do that? Because it's like, she's she's dead. She's like, this is not anyone's POV because she's not seeing this. Like, her eye's gone. Why? I hate it here. I also hate it here. And yet, we continue and we move on and we keep watching. And as much as I hate it here, this has, like, been a really incredible season of television. So... As much as I am unhappy with it, I am happy with it. <laughs> but we're we're going to move away now from the empty eye socket because that was foul and speaking of things that are foul we need to talk about mahito here for a minute sorry brian but mahito is pretty pleased with himself seeing yuji's spirit finally break here and so he starts to like kind of wail on him he's even landing some like black flashes because poor sweet yuji is so broken after losing nobara and nanami and also seeing gojo get sealed Mahito mocks him, saying that, like, all the sorcerers, like, including Yuji, came in entirely unprepared. He insinuates that they thought it was just going to be a fight here when really it's a war or a battle of truths. And as he's, like, talking about how they're fighting for their ideals, I just am, again, struck by how interesting it is that his name is Mahito, meaning, like, true human in in Japanese. But I don't know. What did you think of this dialogue? I think any story where there's good and evil to the audience, it's good to have this this dialogue where it's like you can truly see why the people that we see as villains are fighting for like what they believe. Now, that being said, I never once am on Mahito's side here because he's like excited to be, what did he call himself? Like the true devil or like I'm a true curse or something along those lines, I think. So... He just wants to wreak havoc and he has fun with it. Like he's just like truly evil. But you know, we we already talked a few episodes ago about how like all the others that we've seen, you know, like Jogo and Hanami were like they genuinely were were fighting for what they believed to be correct and like for saving the world or, you know, that sort of thing. Even Ghetto like just went really extreme on his ideals. So I think this dialogue just kind of goes along with it, but while he's doing it, he's absolutely beating Yuji to a pulp, and I just, like, there's 
no matter what your ideals are, when you're taking someone who just witnessed two deaths of people very close to them, plus like not knowing how to get Gojo out of the situation, it's like, you know, kicking a dying animal. Like you just, that's like, it's one of the most evil things that you can do. And to see Yuji just like not be able to fight back was really tough. I think that Many times in these situations, we see characters get really angry and tap into like a new strength or whatever. And that's kind of what I was expecting. So to see him just completely destroy Yuji was like really, really tough for me since I didn't know what was coming. Oh, this dialogue. Oh, this dialogue. This dialogue gets me because it's kind of true. He's talking about how they came in entirely unprepared. And might I say they were like. I think they had no idea that there was going to be this many things go wrong in one spot at the same time. So I think that that's kind of where to start. Now, Mahito, you brought up Mahito being named like true human, or I just saw the boy in the heron. Fantastic, by the way. Loved it. But in the movie, the um, English translation of the character's name, the main character is also named Mahito. And it was named a sincere one. And I think I like that translation just a little bit better because I think it comes and speaks to exactly kind of what Hannah is saying in an inverse direction, that Mahito also thinks what he is doing is completely right. And I think that's what's the most interesting about that is Mahito believes he is being sincere by telling them that this was a war and you came prepared for a battle. Like, it's it's just as simple as that. Um so I think that this is really interesting. I think it caused a lot of stirring emotions in me, especially because like I like Mahito, but also Mahito is a total piece of trash. Um, so that, uh, whatever that says about me, hey, it is what it is. You really couldn't have two characters named Mahito that are like any more different than than the one featured here, and then the one, of course, in Miyazaki's awesome new movie. Highly recommend. But yeah, I mean, there's like another note in in the dialogue too where he goes on to say, like, I bet you never even thought about, like, how many curses you killed, Yuji. Like, why would you? It's just, like, another thing that you do. He's like, I feel the same way about humans. And I think it's hard for us to sympathize with that, because obviously we belong to the other side of the camp, assuming that this was real. And also just, like, in standing beside our probably favorite characters in the show and who we think we're rooting for, at least as the good guys. But he's kind of got a point. Like, like if the main characters were flipped and it was like the curses that we were seeing, we probably would be rooting in a similar way because it would be like all these curses are getting taken out, um, getting soloed by people like Gojo and, and all these other sorcerers. So it's like, if you were rooting for that side, like they're, they're winning. And so history is written by the winners. That's, that's what they say anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting Interesting dialogue for sure, and I I would agree, Brian, that they were completely unprepared. I don't know that there'd ever been a coordinated attack like this in jujitsu history to the same degree. Like we saw a little bit in Zero, but again, this is I think more complex, more curses rather than like deviant human sorcerers, and so maybe they just didn't even realize that a coordinated attack could happen on a level like what's happening in Shibuya right now. So literally unprecedented and perhaps why it is called the Shibuya incident, which we have learned um, is a very loose English translation, but really means almost more like Hurricane Katrina or like some like some huge crazy event involving like mass loss of life in a particular area. So so not good. 
here comes the hurricane. Shabuya, 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 shabuya. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I really thought maybe it was going to be Hurricane Tortilla. But <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane Shibuya? More like Hurricane Tortilla. Hurricane Yowaimo. It's funny, except that everybody we love is dead. Oh. So... <laughs> but there is one beam of light shining through the darkness that comes right in here. Finally. Finally. Ah, uh, we hear a clap. And... This is another one of my favorite characters in the show. I like audibly cheered when he finally came on the screen. We have one of our boys from the Kyoto school here. Toto is here to save the day. Um, and on the internet, before the episode had aired, there were a lot of people that were worried that the translation of this line wouldn't hit as hard as it did in the manga. But I personally think that it slapped. Um, the line goes something like, um, the prosperous have no choice but to decline, but we are the exception. And it's such a cool line and it's such a cool entrance. And I was so happy to see him again. What were your thoughts when Toto came back on the screen? Well, you see, <laughs> as I said in the group chat, there are things that I'd like to see him clap other than his hands. Now, that is one thing to say. However, literally this man is amazing oh total as noah said uh just like his own hype machine really i love the fact that this man can walk into a room and literally hype himself off off of like fumes alone it's literally amazing and it's so inspirational i have been waiting for this entrance because he has been in the op and i'm like where the heck is he where the heck is kyoto school like they they gotta show up at some point and oh my gosh did his entrance not disappoint i <laughs> i love him and i'll be honest like it's been a minute since i've like seen him because i still haven't rewatched season one i'm i'm gonna do that probably over like christmas as we gear up to watch it together as in jordan and i but it was so just satisfying to see him show up and just say some really slapping lines pun intended <laughs> and just i love him and he's like my best friend though and i was like yes oh, or he would be like brother 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 <laughs> why did i i always laugh because i'm like why does he just not say like <laughs> little brother in Japanese. Now he's like, Braza! <laughs> My Braza. So Besto friendo. I love him. He's I just like, imagine, like, I just oh. imagine these, like, high school kids in Japan doing that and just, like, saying random words in English just because they think it's funny. And then, like, we're over here in America doing the exact same thing with Japanese, and it's just, like, everyone does it in different countries just for fun. <laughs> I love it, though. Like, I've, so... Everybody has, like, a type, right? Like, in, in these animes. And so usually, like, I am a simple woman. It is usually the same as I think most other people. And it is, like, the moody, dark-haired boy. Of course it is. But as far as the type that I love and would protect with my life, it's the himbo character. And that is absolutely what Toto represents in this show. I mean, and, and there is one in, like, almost every anime, too. Like, we're talking about Black Clover. I love Yami. He's absolutely incredible, but he is a himbo. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, and when I say himbo, these characters actually are quite smart. It's that they act in goofy ways. 
Um, and they are really they are really smart on the battlefield, and then have one brain cell in every other aspect of life. It's like shuts down any other time. Like like Toto is being like he's doing the most right now with Yuji here in this moment, but at this, but then he's like delivering like this insane monologue of like the prosperous have no choice, but to decline, but we are the exception. <laughs> and he's given, like, he's having like this epiphany, like he's almost having his Gojo moment here. He's like awakening. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but apparently Toto actually is like supposed to be one of the strongest characters in the show. Like he makes, he breaks like the top five, I think with his technique and like actual just physical strength um at least at this point in the story more to touch on later but i love him i am so happy to see him i will take as much of him as i can get because he is just a sweet huge boy he doesn't show up alone though his colleague arada actually shows up as well and we learn a I, I can't remember if we've seen this technique before. Admittedly, I need to watch season one also, but we get to see a demonstration of the technique again here. And um, his technique can help in medical situations. So he can help to try to prevent any already received injuries from getting any worse. So he uses the technique on Yuji, who's gotten roughed up in like back-to-back battles. And he's like, you need to be careful because um, everything you have isn't going to get any worse. But if you get any more, then it's not going to be good. And then he goes on to share that he actually was able to apply the same technique to Nobara as well. And he says that she is most likely going to die and that her heart wasn't beating um, or that she wasn't breathing. But the chance of her making it and living also isn't a 0% chance. What do you think that this means? Any theories? I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't throw in that moment where he says like, it's not her chance of surviving is not zero, but she probably will still die. Just the fact that they added that tells me that at some point in the story, she's going to somehow come back. I would assume. I don't know. I know you guys know a lot more than I do, but there's just to me, as soon as they made that comment, I was like, OK, so she's probably going to come back at some point. I mean, we get lots of badass, like one eyed characters after a battle, like throw an eye patch on her that's the anime way like she'll be even cooler but that's that's like my theory i I don't know how she would come back i don't know she might just die like they were very clear that she very well could still and that she wasn't breathing at the time and she looked pretty darn dead at the beginning of the episode too like that was a dead person essentially but i don't think they would add that line if they intended to just never bring her back (laughs) so that's my theory um i also like this technique i think it's interesting and it was very easy to follow and it's like simply put like your your wounds will not get worse but yuji was more than roughed up in this like he was getting the like anime character treatment of oh my god you would be dead if you were not an anime character (laughs) if you were real life and there's just like blood everywhere and he was like essentially dying so he still needs to be very careful I think this is a really cool technique. Uh, first off, Nita, right? I think it's cool because it's not OP, right? Like, it's not like all of a sudden, like, you're getting healed and you're like, ah, I'm back to normal. Ah, 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 let's go. Like, that's just like plot armor. But no, like, this is like realistic. Like, this is real combat medic stuff. Like, nah, you, you need to be careful, bud. You are literally like on the brink of death still. However, 
you're not going to be any worse. And I think that that's a really cool thing because it gives realistic stakes for the characters. I think it's really important that there's still some sort of consequence for these characters as they go through a fight or whatever. And so I think that that's really interesting. With Nobara, uh, like I said, in the manga, Nobara still hasn't showed up. So that is a very loose end that they have left open. Um, for manga readers out there, let us know what you think. If Nobara is going to come back at some point, try and be non-spoilery if you can. Uh, but really, I think at this point, like, there's no way that that's not going to happen because of how they left this, like, open, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I don't know that I have super specific theories yet, but I do think she's going to come back. I, I think her technique is too important. And, and you know, like Brian said, like, we, we genuinely don't know either. That's, like, not something that's been brought back up, but Gege is also not one to leave um a lot of loose ends so far so i have every confidence that we will get some kind of resolution and i think that she's gonna be key personally i think she's gonna come take some names kick some ass but not right now right now she's in like essentially a suspended state of death because she's not exactly alive she's not exactly dead she's only mostly dead so no, we're not going to see her anytime soon right now, but at least it is not 100% funeral time yet. On that note, as Nita is taking Nobara away, Mahito comes back in the picture and is sick of waiting, also excited because he recognizes Toto. So he charges forward to begin like attacking, but Toto begins to activate Boogie Woogie. And I love his technique because not only is it like, a super himbo funny name for it, but it also is just probably one of the coolest techniques and one of the easiest ones to visualize and um, is always animated really, really well in JJK. So just diving right into the clapping and he's switching places with uh, Mahito, with inanimate objects, with Yuji, and he's able to use it so well that it ensures that the fight remains really disorienting for Mahito, who even says something to that effect, like, no matter, like, man, I was like briefed on this and I still have no idea what's going on, which is exciting for him. That aside, Yuji right now is primarily only observing, but as uh, Toto is like monologuing to him and enacting Boogie Woogie, he regains his strength to stand beside his braza, besto friendo. <laughs> and then Toto rips off his shirt because of course he does. <laughs> now that they're working on it together, do you think that they can kick Mahito's ass? I mean, we've seen them work together before, so I love watching two characters. I honestly wish we could have gotten something like this for Tanjiro and Rengoku. Like, they got to work together once, but, like, you know, the the growth of the characters in between the time, right? Because we saw Hanami working uh them working you know hanami in season one and then all of a sudden right now we're seeing it again and so it's really cool to see how the characters have changed since then can they kick mahito's ass that's a questionable thing however uh toto ripping his shirt off yes queen i mean once again i say they know what they're doing <laughs> those big muscles oh man can they kick Mahito's ass? I think they can. I think that mostly due to what Toto can do and his his power is very, I think, a, a good match with Mahito because of the way his power works. So it's like, it's a good match. I think 
Yuji is definitely looking better and helpful, but he is still like he's pretty down for the count, you know. He he's not necessarily getting like a surge of power because of anger and trauma. He's just getting like he's getting back into form because of Toto's words. So, can they do it? I I want to be hopeful. I feel like things are kind of like tipping in a good direction and I know we're also getting close to the end of the season, so I'm like, yeah, where are we where are we going? Where are we going? If anything happens to Toto, <laughs> bro, <laughs> I'm I'm dropping the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it now. If anything happens to him, Brian, Brian. I'm just kidding. I just had to do that to you. I'm sorry. It was it was too opportune not to. Anytime okay. any character comes on screen, <laughs> you are my special. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he, if anything happens to him, I'm going to be freaking pissed because man, this. I'm going to go back through and do like video edits of that, at, starting with Yuji's grandpa. In episode one, he's like, "Be strong." Turns on his side. You are my special. <laughs> Everything, every emotional moment. You are my special. I hope they can kick his ass. We'll see. I'm trying to so not too. be too hopeful. I hope so too. Not only because, like, obviously the fight needs to come to some kind of ending here. Be- I think we only have two episodes left before we're done. Also, I just love seeing them together. Like, I love seeing Yuji and Toto and. I like Toto has another technique that can work really well against Mahito. I don't know if it's as good as Nobara's would have been against him, but between him and Yuji, I think that they do stand at least a chance of landing some damage for sure. So here's hoping. Can't wait to see a little bit more, but for right now, we do have to cut away from them momentarily because Mappa wants to break our hearts again. We cut away to see the rest of the Kyoto school and we start with Miwa having her last interactions with Mechabaru. God damn it. He was born to shoujo, but forced to shonen. <sighs> the sounds of her crying after he said goodbye had me so upset. And even his peers thinking that, like, he didn't trust them enough to not die. To be fair, they probably wouldn't be alive if they had gone to Shibuya, except for Toto, but, like, still, that this whole scene just, like, broke my heart and brought us, like, right back to the beginning of the season again. I don't know. I feel so bad. And he was so cute, and they were so cute together. She never even, like, got to see that form fully. Like, I just... There is, there is one thing, and when it comes to romance, when one person in that romance dies, I cannot do it. Like, it is so heartbreaking to me. I cried multiple times during the show, or during this episode, at the beginning of the episode and during this, because I, like, I could not take this scene. It was so depressing after all the depressing of this season to be reminded. Because, like, Mechamaru's death was at the very beginning of the season. And, like, yeah, it was difficult, but it was, like, a drop in the bucket compared to like Nanami and Nobara and even like Gojo getting sealed or even like the, the process of like the ghetto and Gojo situation at the end of hidden inventory. Like I, I'm not going to say like, I wasn't upset. Like I remember being like, I was so mad that Mechamaru died, but it wasn't like, Oh, that's so sad. But now I'm like, Frick people loved him, you know? And it's just like, that's what gets me when it comes to character deaths. It's always the reaction of the people around them that, like, makes me just lose it. And so to see her just, like, she just wanted to be with him. And then the way that they they showed it where she was crying 
after like saying her last goodbye after like imagining him sitting next to her and they show like the other members of the kyoto school like listening to her cry i think that was supposed to be like the end of the train and mia was like at the front of it so like that's how loud her her cries were and they just had to stand there and like listen to it and that's just like oh my god yeah this scene was tough i think i liked the most about this scene was the reflection of makamaru in the mirror i thought that was so cool to see kind of him in the background as she said her final goodbyes i think that that was a really interesting detail that they brought together to make that happen to make the scene kind of fully cohesive and like show the opportunity that was missed there kind of like that hannah mentioned that she never even saw his like true form like they did that right there as like a tease to the audience of like what could have been so I think that was a really interesting play from MAPPA. And Emily, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they showed that reflection in the manga, did they? I'd have to look again. I'd have to look again. I'm not sure. But either okay. way, it like it, it really landed hard here. And sure clearly more than I remember it from the manga, because I, I didn't necessarily remember that. But this stuck with me because she never did get to see him, except for maybe that flash of like, and and who knows, like, what she thinks that she saw, or, like, what she actually saw, or what he, like, he was there with her. Like, I don't know, but, like, that particular shot really resonated. Yeah, this was definitely a hard scene. It's it's very hard to see, like, the aftermath of all the people that are, like, gonna miss them. It's, like, you know, the, the phrase that, like, grief has, or grief is love with nowhere to go. That just sucks. Times at least three in the season so far. At least uh not good but probably one of the more heart-wrenching in like a romantic love kind of way scenes that has happened in Jujutsu Kaisen we don't get a lot of romantic love which I actually kind of like about the show I, I think it's interesting that it's a, a lot more like friendship and like companionship without because again you know I, I think that there is like a bad reputation for a lot of anime like sexualizing especially female characters but i didn't feel like there was any like i don't feel like he felt that way about her i felt like there was like a genuine like love connection even if it was unrequited because they just never spoke about it so i thought that it was handled in a way that was really devastating because it was really nice and genuine that sucks but maybe we'll get to see some more of miwa at least maybe trying to get some vengeance probably the rest of the kyoto school too I'm looking forward to that, although I'm not sure that that'll be this season because they're not there, which is probably in their best interest right at this moment. So we've seen Miwa and Mekamaru. Now we are going to go back to the fight with Toto, Yuji, and Mahito. And this fight is absolutely crazy. Again, we've seen fights with Mahito are just like absolutely nuts. But now there's like three different characters in the mix who all have extraordinarily strong and unique powers. And each of them keep leveling up with insane black flashes from Toto and Yuji. You've got like the soul multiplicity from Mahito. They are all giving at least 120% in this scene against each other. So I just wanted to save a couple minutes to just talk about this fight, which I think is also another incredible gem in our animators crowns this season. Yeah, this kind of sequence from here, watching them clap back at each other, quite literally um and kind of go off is really awesome i think that the way that this was handled was really great i thought watching kind of uh yuji and toto switch spots 
and watching kind of Mahito's reaction to getting somewhat of his ass kicked at certain points of this fight because like he started to adapt a little bit but even still like they're still throwing him off a little bit and so I felt like this episode really showed that like even though these villains are really strong and that like they have abilities like they aren't infallible and you know we saw that first with Novara and now we're seeing it kind of again with like his inability to match pacing and even that and alone isn't you know we've seen a lot of pacing fights before we've seen anime like that so knowing that there's a pacing issue between two people is going to be a little tough so i think it's a really nice fight i love the animation it looked really great there were some moments that i definitely saw were dim so again can't wait to go to emily's house one day watch the blu-ray because we know she's going to purchase it immediately so i'm excited yeah, we're going to have a big, big watch party at Emily's after all this is said and done so we can watch all this without the dimming. <laughs> Go through all of it again. All the pain together. Look, I have to do that again soon because I have to rewatch and binge with Jordan. So Fair. maybe this was a bad idea. Anyway, <laughs> this fight was amazing. I mean, I, I really can't say much more than what Brian said. Just another huge shout out to these animators for continuing to put out such good work when we know their circumstances are not great and it was really good to see Mahito kind of falter a little bit like it's so so satisfying to see him kind of be like what like because the beginning of this episode he was like like for me the beginning of this episode was the height of my hatred towards him as he just like beats on Yuji who's just so broken like that was not pleasant for me at all. So it's like, but I also have a hard time just seeing like any character that's just a sweet sunshine that like just genuinely always wants to do the right thing, just go through so much pain. So that's always like a very hard thing for me to watch. But to see like Toto and Yuji just working so well together that Mahito like is having to try and he's very much like, wait, you know surprised by some moves i think you know at some points he kind of got the upper hand as well i would have to rewatch the fight scene but it was really well done it was beautifully animated the music was on point the the ost has been on point for this entire season so great job to everyone involved and i'm excited to see the last i think i think it's three more episodes i think i think the final episode is on the thursday between christmas and new year's so i hope it is three i think that we need it yeah i think it's this Thursday, and then the Thursday before Christmas, and the Thursday after Christmas. And with that being said, if you have a suggestion of what you'd like us to cover next, let us know, because just because JJK is over doesn't mean the Hashira half hour stop it. We've been tossing around the idea of Chainsaw Man before Emily got here, so Emily, fun fact, we thought about doing Chainsaw Man, thought about doing Blue Lock, thought about doing High Q. Lots of options on the table here, folks. Give us some comments below. Let us know what's up. Yeah, we have like a four-year gap when this ends before Demon Slayer starts, so we gotta we gotta find something else. <laughs> Wait, a four-year gap? I mean, oh my god, four <laughs> months. <laughs> I was like, what? What did four you see years? on Twitter today <laughs> that I didn't see? Demon Slayer very delayed. No, 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 no. Four-month gap for till till spring, so March or April. For yes, let us know. There's definitely some some good shows out there that are new and exciting that are going to have more new seasons we live in such a great time for anime we get to see all this stuff come out it's so cool anyway um yes this this fight with mahito yuji toto is absolutely incredible 
Um, in I mean, I I love all of it, but like Mahito's like blast at the end where he's just like all those souls are like piling out of him was just so scary and again like kind of Junji Ito like um very like horrific and at the same time then you have like Toto who is like having his epiphany or like his his awakening moment his resurrection he's he is like piecing out almost like all these colors flashing and flying and he's like my brother has gotten so strong since since I first ran into him am I going to let myself fall behind no <laughs> I'm going to rip off my shirt and power up, which is exactly what we want to see from a character like Toto. So call it fan service, but like, I love him and I want to see more of him. So very, very happy with how this is going so far. And this sequence again gave me some hope that hopefully the continuation of this fight next week will go well and will go in our favor. And maybe we can finally not feel pain and we can finally have what we want. That's maybe good. I will get to open the podcast a different way. <gasps> Wouldn't so that be nice. something? That would be so nice. Oh my gosh. Well, it would be something, but we will we will have to wait and see. With that, um, this is actually where we leave off for this week, is like at the height of this fight for them. Uh, any final thoughts on this episode before we move into our favorite moments? Sweet. Alrighty, well, I will go ahead and go first with my favorite moment, series of moments. I love everything Toto, um, but in particular, I've been laughing my ass off at everybody talking about him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like after the fact because there was the one scene where Mahito had like both of his hands in like a grip but then he like still somehow like clapped and got away all of a sudden and so everyone was like did he clap his ass cheeks to get away or like, <laughs> like how did he get out of that and I can't stop thinking about it ever since somebody <laughs> said it if you go back and rewatch it I'm like I really don't know but something oh, clapped so combination of like sometimes the internet is okay and also i love toto with my entire being love him love him love him i think my favorite moment is really funny and it's like i think two or three just very simple moments is whenever we're like in uh nita's point of view and toto keeps calling yuji his brother <laughs> his brother and nita's just like I don't recall him having a younger brother. And then he sees Eugene. He's like, they look nothing alike. <laughs> he was just taking the, the, the comment of Buraza so seriously. And he's like, they're brothers. I don't, I, I feel like all the things to be thinking. That brought me like a lot of joy in a very tough time of JJK viewing. So thank you, Nita, for being confused. Relatable. Yeah, I think my favorite moment is a little bit more melancholy. It was definitely Mekamaru in the window. Like, that was just so well-placed. I thought that was an amazing moment. Second runner-up, though, is definitely <laughs> Toto in, like, the universe, just, like, powering up. Like, that was hilarious. Like, among the stars, it kind of gave me Anya Starlight throw vibes. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but except, like, he did a little bit better than Anya. That's well, it's canon true. that Yuji and Anya are siblings, right? So <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so and Toto's his brother, so he's her bigger, bigger brother. Something like well, there that. There you go. <laughs> Big. And brother. don't forget, both Toto and Yuji went to nationals together, and they won for their middle school. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Yuji denies it consistently. Aw, Yuji, let him Aww. have one. 
Oh, we love him. I can't wait to see some more of him. He he really is like one of my favorite side characters in the show. And I hope that he's not a side character forever because I just think like, again, he's like so strong and so cool, but also so funny and brings like a lot of light to an otherwise pretty dark show. So he's just like a breath of fresh air and I love him. On that note, it is time to move into our Shibuya era secret. So I read an interesting interview um, to prepare for this, but did you know that Jujutsu Kaisen, according to Gege, is most directly influenced by Bleach? And I found this out because there's a really interesting interview with, and please forgive me on this pronunciation if I get it wrong, but I believe his name is Tait Kubo, um, the mangaka for Bleach, and the conversations between him and Gege of JJK, of course. And it's so funny to me the way that artists inspire each other because when Gege starts the interview by bringing up that Bleach directly inspired him for this, Kubo goes on to say, like, don't you mean Mr. Togashi inspired you? Um, because Togashi is the author of Hunter, Hunter, and Yu Yu Hakusho. And it, you know, and that like directly inspired Bleach to come into existence. And if we got Togashi on the line, he probably would say, like, oh, don't you mean like the Dragon Ball guy? <laughs> inspired you because like it's just like it's such a tiered thing and i i just think it's like really funny how artists inspire each other but how cool that they get to have a dialogue with somebody who inspired them so much that is still alive um and gege went on to say like yeah that's pretty funny but you're right also evangelion so there's our answer for the mechamaru fight <laughs> oh man all right, guys, that's all the time we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll come back next week. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell on YouTube, give us a download of the podcast if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, and, and you can follow us on there. Give us a nice rating if you've enjoyed what you've heard. That always helps us to be found by some other people that might also be interested. You can also give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Hashira Half Hour, and we are on X, formerly Twitter, at Hashira Half. Until next week, yo Yo Yo